Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Welcome to Audacity Works. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and this is episode 15, in which I tell you a story about rejection and then redemption in that order. This came as a request from Chris. What's up, Chris? How you doing? Bye-bye. Uh, as in episode 13, which was about choosing music and working with composers, I talked about how I got permission to use uh, a piece from a band called The Rachels. Uh, that song is called Water from the Same Source, and it is the song that I perform Genesis to, which happens out of a giant petri dish full of water and an aerial hoop. Anyway, I casually mentioned in episode 13 that I had gotten permission from the Rachels, and then I got asked to do America's Got Talent, so I had to go back to them again and get permission again, and Chris was like, are you going to tell that story or just like leave us hanging? So... You ask, you receive. I'm going to tell that story now. So buckle up, here we go. Uh, in about 2013, I left Seattle, where I'd been living for four years and working quite happily, because my partner, Manflesh, got offered a very irresistible opportunity in San Francisco, where I had already lived before, and that's where I got my initial training and I was like, okay, you can't say no to this. It's a huge opportunity. So I guess we're moving back to San Francisco. And I had a pretty hard time with that. Not because of anything against San Francisco, but I had, I had already done it. Like, and I was really, really happy in Seattle. I had a very deep, broad, supportive community surrounding me I was well established and the idea of leaving it and going back to a place that I already felt like I was kind of done with um, made me grumpy but I insisted that we go so we did packed up all our stuff and moved back to San Francisco he had not lived in San Francisco yet but I had and we had a nice soft landing. Um, my uncle Bradley and his partner Matthew let us live with them for the first uh, month until we could find our place. And during this time, I experienced a profound depression. And that depression was because I had been so well established in my community in Seattle, and I had felt loved and respected. And now I was back in San Francisco where no one knew I was back yet. Um, I wasn't sure anyone would care. And I was used to being really busy. And I was used to being used and useful. And now I was in this place where no one needed me. And I didn't like that. Didn't feel good. So I started doing my thing that I do and like putting pokers in the fire and you know, just starting the whole process over again, you know, going to dance classes and such and just getting involved back in the community. And it was a slow going and it was slow going for me to let go of what I had in Seattle before we left. And right around this time, I got contacted by America's Got Talent. They called, they're like, 
we want you to do the show. And the reason that I sound like this in my tone of voice is because this wasn't new. Uh, at that point, pretty much every variety performer uh, and circus artist, circus artist that I knew had been contacted by America's Got Talent. And it was kind of understood that like it was an exploitative uh, event. Um, yeah. So participating in it like, came with a little bit of a, a stigma. Uh, so I had never said yes to it before. I always had plenty else going on. But this time I like looked in front of me and at my empty calendar, I'm like, you know what? I ain't got nothing else going on. And this is a poker in the fire. So I'm going to say yes to this. So what I pitched to them was Genesis and the dude, don't even remember his name, who like the headhunter or whatever. He loved it. He's like, okay, let's get you down to Hollywood and you'll be on the show. So do that. So I did have to write to the Rachels and be like, okay, America's Got Talent wants me to do this piece. It's only going to be 90 seconds. We'll come back to that part. And they were like, yeah, we've been asked this before. We find their practices to be exploitative, but you know what? Go ahead, use it. And we wish you the best. And I said, thank you. So I had the permission and uh, I knew that I needed to smoosh down my six and a half minute act into what was quote unquote the most spectacular 90 seconds of the act. I'm like, okay. So I did. And as the time approached, all our stuff was still in storage somewhere in Alameda uh, in the East Bay. So my uncle's partner um, came with me. We rented a minivan we had to pay a fee to get the our crap out of storage and rummage around until we could find the petri dish which was full of our, all our towels and stuff but we managed it we got it into the van i packed up my stuff and i headed south to los angeles now the reason that i say agt has exploitative practices is because nobody gets paid and there's money to pay but nobody gets paid because you're doing it for exposure. And I don't have to tell you how many times we have heard that because exposure is something that you die from. Also, I didn't have anything else going on. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sink my t teeth into this and we'll see what happens. So I went down and they do, they reimbursed me for the rental of the minivan and they put me up in a hotel. Otherwise I would not have gone at all. <laughs> Uh, gonna pay to go you know and they reimbursed me for the cost of fuel etc but I go I drop off my stuff and it's time for the show so I, I fill the petri dish up with water I warm up and at this point I'm having a great time because I'm in my favorite element which is backstage with lots of other artists and they're all excited even though we all have to give these miserable little short interviews and I wasn't very good at that back then I wonder if that's changed, but anyway, uh, I just tried to smile a lot, which wasn't hard because I was pretty happy to be there at this point. And I go on stage and I do my do and the audience loved it. And the judges were mostly pretty kind, but they did not say pass go, um, do not collect $200. So I, I got like 
I think two X's and two, uh, was it even X's and O's? I don't freaking know. I remember that two of them liked me and two of them said no, and you need three to pass. So I wasn't going to pass, but you know, everyone was more or less decent about it. Heidi Klum was kind of snatchy, if I'm honest. But whatever, I'm not here to smear anybody. And as far as I know, um, that segment did not air. The only thing that did air, because my uncle was at home in San Francisco watching obsessively, like, I just want to see her. Um, They did show like a tiny cliff of me laughing hysterically. I don't even remember why that was happening. So nothing came of it. It's fine. But, you know, the only thing I had going on didn't pan out. So the next day, I've got my Petri dish loaded up. I'm all packed up. I'm ready to go. And I go uh, to the parking garage and get in my van. And I'm feeling really depressed because I've been rejected by the only thing that had kind of sparked, the only iron in the fire that had caught yet. And that feels like getting rejected by someone you weren't interested in dating in the first place. So it doesn't make you feel amazing. And literally at that time, when I'm like looking forward uh, with dismay at the five hour sad drive that I have to go back to San Francisco, my phone rings and it is um, a man named Three who is artistic director, creative director of Supper Club SF, which is one of the main, was one of the main uh, venues in San Francisco where artists could um, get residencies, um, perform sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, and have regular work and also exhibit new work and just, you know, make art and be creative. And I had put that poker in the fire a couple of weeks earlier and I'd had some friends uh, vouch for me and the video that was sent was the video of Genesis, the thing that had just gotten rejected by AGT. And they're like, no, with the, no, I don't know what this is, um, but no. And three said, is this Rachel Strickland? I'm three. I'm the creative director of Supper Club SF. And you sent me a video of your piece called Genesis. And I was like, I was all suspicious. Like, yeah. Why are you calling me? And he said, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And my brain was already so stuck in rejection land that it didn't quite land. Like I had to sit with it for a while, but we kept talking and he's like, I'd like to offer you a residency. Uh, are you booked in the next month? I want you to perform, you know, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and maybe sometimes on Sunday and just do this act and... Some nights we might decide to do something else, but are you interested? Like, does a bear shit in the woods? Yes. So the five-hour sad drive that I thought I was going to make ended up being a five-hour in-awe drive because what, like, the same exact piece of work, the same artwork that got rejected by someone, someone else really, really wanted... And it was a much better situation for me 
to be able to work in the city that I now lived in, um, get to know my community again, get to be on stage as much as possible. You know what? It was just really, really good news. It was very good news. And I did that residency and me and three became good friends and I got to work alongside so many other artists in San Francisco. Uh, and that venue sadly is closed now, but it was a, it was a pretty special place and we got to try a lot of weird stuff and you could make some extra money if you did like atmospheric walkabout, which is one of my favorite things to do, by the way, I love doing it. Just dressing up. I have my, um, my double mask character that really freaks people out. So I liked doing that one in Silver Club SF quite a lot. And I also was a plate of sushi with my friend contortionist, uh, Elliot Goodwin. And I, I also put on a striped Zentai suit and was a cat many evenings, um, even behind a chain link fence with like a little bowl of water, you know, it was, it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed when I needed it. But just what floored me about this situation was how I was in danger of getting really emotionally invested in my rejection just because I didn't have that much else going on and it felt like a big uh, let down, like I had let myself down and been rejected by someone I wasn't really interested in the first place, blah, 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 blah. And then right away from the same piece of artwork, someone who does appreciate it, who wants to put it on stage, who wants to give me a life-changing opportunity, showed up that other, that other poker in the fire caught. This also feels like a good opportunity to remind myself, and thus you, uh, something that I wrote to my email list a little while back a few weeks ago about uh, the the stories that we tell ourselves and how we get invested in something as good news or bad news. It's really just news. And I also want to say, if you are in a place where you are not finding that people really resonate with your work, and you feel as though you struggle to be understood or appreciated, your people are out there. Don't stop putting irons in the fire. Don't stop putting your shit out there. That's your job. Show up, make your work, put it out there. Your people are out there who will appreciate what it is that you're doing and the, at the level at which you are doing it. Um, it's not always a good fit for where we wish we were at that exact time, but it doesn't have to be. So I'm recording this on Monday. Uh, by the time it gets released, it'll be Wednesday. And therefore, happy Imbolc to anyone who is choosing to celebrate Imbolc this year. I know that I have, and so do you, because I talked about it at length last week. Also, sorry if I sound schmutzy, because I am. Uh, I I just got over being sick, you know, got a little bug or whatever. But this weekend, I went to go see one of my godsons, John Christian, perform as a lemur in his school play, which meant being in an auditorium full of uh, 
adorable little germ bags. So we're all, we all have the schmutz now. So <laughs> sorry. But anyway, happy in bulk, happy, you know, the promise of spring. It's still cold and gray outside, but uh, it won't be forever. Also, Woo Corner for February is either already out or it's going to be out, you know, now. So if you want to get in on that, there will be a link in the show notes. Would love to have you and send you, you know, um, functional Woo once a month, as well as other things. Thank you so much for listening, for your ears and for your brains. And you can reach me always on Instagram at Rachel Strickland Creative or on Patreon at Rachel Strickland Creative. Go out there and put some pokers in the fire if you want to, and don't go back to sleep.